class is in session and today we're recapping the year 2020. I am Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and I am here today flying solo to talk all about uh, the games, the RPG specifically, that came out last year. Uh, given a recap and kind of my thoughts on the games that I played and what games I look forward to play this year in 2021. We start way back in January of 2020. Had some pretty big, uh, some pretty big reveals. Uh, well, not reveals, but releases back in 2020. We started with Monster Hunter World Iceborne, uh, the PC version release and the expansion Iceborne release on January 9th. <laughs> oh, it, I, especially like early Jan, like early 2020 seems like a completely different year. Uh, it seems. Like, a lot of these games, especially, like, January, February, uh, looking at this list, I'm like, really? That came out? That came out last year? Wow. I thought it was, like, the year before. But, yes, the first, and I believe what's going to be the only big expansion to Monster Hunter World released, and, uh, while I didn't get to put in as much time as I would have liked to with it, still such a good game. And, uh, now we're anxiously awaiting, we're close couple months out from a brand new Monster Hunter game with Monster Hunter Rise on the Nintendo Switch, but Monster Hunter Iceborne, whew, damn good game. We also got Super Robot Wars X came out on Switch and PC in uh, the Asian territories. That came out on January 10th at Lear Dust Trilogy Deluxe Pack released on the PS4, Switch, PC on January 14th. Ephemeral Tale on PC entered Early Access on January 14th. Wizardry Labyrinth of Lost Souls on January 15th. Grey Walker's Purgatory on PC entered Early Access on the 15th. Orange Blood entered PC, uh, release on the PC on January 14th. The Alliance Alive HD Remaster made its way to the PC on January 16th. Tokyo Mirage Se Sessions Sharp FE Encore released on Switch on January 17th, along with Dragon Ball Z Kakarot on PS4, Xbox One, and PC, also on the 17th. Yuta Wariyunomo, uh, Mask of Deception, and Mask of Truth, both released on the PC on the 23rd. Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire released on the PS4 and Xbox One on January 28th. Disgaea 1 Complete on mobile on the 29th. Ark of El Alchemist on uh, PS4 and Switch on uh, January 30th in North America and the 31st in Europe. Labyrinth of the Witch, January 30th. Hero Land on the PS4 and Switch on the 31st. Ash of the Gods, Redemption, PS4, Xbox One and Switch on the 31st. Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing 3 on PS4, January 31st, along with uh, Vampire's Fall Origins. Now, in terms of the games I played specifically in... January last year. Uh, some fantastic games. Um, big, The big ones that really stand out to me that I remember spending a lot of time with was Monster Hunter World Iceborne, like I mentioned previously, um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Sharp FE Encore, Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire on console, and the bit I played of Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Now, I'm going to start with Dragon Ball Z Kakarot because, honestly, this was probably the one from January that surprised me the most that it actually came out last year because I could have sworn it was 2019. But 
This one I I I picked up and our illustrious professor's assistant, our PA, Alex O'Neill, actually reviewed it for us here at Irrational Passions, but this was one of those games where the combat of it reminded me a lot of the Xenoverse style. But and visually I thought I thought it looked very good, but I was so done with playing through the Dragon Ball Z story. Um, I've played through, like, I played through it with Budokai, Budokai 2, Budokai 3, Tenkaichi 1, 2, and 3. I've played through it so, so many times that picking it back up with Kakarot, like, I couldn't get past the first few hours, and it was just like, yeah, it's cool. Um, combat feels a lot like Xenoverse, but not as fleshed out, which makes sense when you think about it, but, uh... I kind of bounced off of it, not because it was bad, but just because it was, it was old news. Um, it was things that I had, I had played. I knew what was going to happen. Combat didn't do much for me, but I know a lot of people did like it, and it's still getting content. Like, um, it's gotten a bunch of kind of Dragon Ball Super story content added to it via DLC, which just seems really cool. Um, the new forms, the new Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Blue, etc. I'm anxious to see how they continue to evolve it, whether or not I ever go back to it, uh, maybe. Uh, maybe I'll go back and give it another shot um, when I'm feeling that Dragon Ball Z itch, but I don't necessarily want to rewatch the series. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, the other game, one of the other games that I spent a lot of time with was Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire on consoles. Now this was a game that I actually reviewed for, uh, for Dual Shockers. Um, and really enjoy it, but when I played it, the load times in this game were atrocious. Um, I haven't really gone back and tried it since I initially reviewed it and played through it, uh, to see if maybe patches have improved that a bit, or even playing it on my PS5. I don't know how load times have improved in that regard, but this is still a very fun game. I would probably recommend playing it on... PC as opposed to console just with the issues I encountered with it but still a very good classical RPG by the, the folks at Obsidian um, a sequel to the first Fantastic Pillars of Eternity these are amazing games but if you're a fan of Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder or classic RPGs like Neverwinter Nights or Baldur's Gate things like that give the Pillars of Eternity series a look at and especially now with the new um, I'm blanking on the name of the game, but the new first-person kind of Skyrim-esque uh, game that's coming out for now modern consoles, taking place in the world of Pillars of Eternity 2, er, and the first game. So check that out. And lastly, the last big game that I played that I know a lot of people were looking forward to, uh, that got a lot of love, thankfully, and has got fresh life since it came out on the Switch, was Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE Encore. This strange mix of Fire Emblem and Shin Megami Tensei into a single interesting package where you're like an idol, you're, you're a group of idols in Japan singing and dancing, but then you have these, um, you like can absorb and combine with these, um, the Fire Emblem characters and dungeon hopping. It's very good. It's a very fun game. Um, 
it's the closest thing to Persona that we really have in at the time of recording on Switch. Um, granted, we are only about a month out from Persona 5 Strikers. Uh, but no, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, absolutely fantastic. This was a game that was fantastic on the Wii U, but the Wii U being what it was, not enough people played it. So I'm glad that a lot more people got exposed to this fantastic turn-based RPG on the Nintendo Switch. I would love to see kind of another game in this style, uh, in this series. It would be cool to see it in it continue. Whether or not it does, hard to say, but definitely give Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE Encore a look at if you're a fan of both Fire Emblem, Shin Megami Tensei, and just really kind of flashy, colorful turn-based RPGs. With January out of the way, we moved on to February. Now, February was quite a big month just because uh, we hosted, or I hosted uh, an RPG panel at PAX East. Um, that was absolutely fantastic. The best, worst, and most annoying trope RPG tropes with a bunch of friends and previous guests of RPG University, uh, which you can actually find on... Uh, on the podcast service it's our PAX panel very exciting but that happened at the end of February beginning of March I got engaged at at the end of February so it was a very big year but still there were a lot of other really good games and RPGs that also came out in February we started out with Dragon Fang Dran's Mystery Dungeon on February 3rd the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics came out on consoles and PC on the 4th Stone Shard entered early access on the 6th. The Yakuza Remastered Collection, which included Yakuza 3, 4, and 5, released on the PS4 on the 11th. Wilson, Lords of Mayhem, left early access on the 13th. Azure Lane Crosswave came out on PS4 and PC on the 13th uh, in North America and on Steam. And then February 21st in Europe. Darksiders Genesis came out on consoles on February 14th, Valentine's Day. Snack World Dungeon Crawl Gold released on Switch on February 14th as well, along with Banner of the Maid on PC. Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5 Remix, and 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue all released on the Xbox One on February 18th. Shadows of Larth on February 20th. Katana Kami The Way Away of the Samurai Story released on PS4, Switch, and PC on February 20th. Conglomerate 451 also on the 20th. They left early access. World of Horror came out on PC on the 20th. Swordbreaker Back to the Castle came out on PC on February 21st, along with Dungeon Defenders Awakened that entered early access on the 21st. Wasteland Remastered released on Xbox One and PC in February 25th, along with Broken Lines also on PC. Hero Must Die Again, released on PS4, Switch, and PC on February 26th. Yakuza 0 came uh, to Xbox One on February 26th. Funny story, I'm currently playing this for the first time as a part of Alex and I's series playthrough, or attempted Yakuza series playthrough for 2021. So, currently playing through this. Uh, Warlander uh, released on PC on February 26th as well. Rune Factory 4 Special uh, came out on Switch. On February 25th in North America and 28th on Europe. And Soul Saga released on PC on, in early access on February 28th. 
Now in terms of the games that release this month, there weren't a ton that I actively uh, really dove into. Um, Rune Factory 4, I will say, I did pick that up and played that on the plane ride to and from PAX East. That was a lot of fun. And like I mentioned just now, Yakuza 0 uh, released on Xbox One, but I wouldn't get to that until this month, uh, January 2021, where I'm enjoying it. I'm having a lot of good times with it. I'm currently in Chapter 5, just got to Chapter 5. I'm uh, The combat's taking a little to get used to. Um, I keep wanting to be able to do things that's not letting me like combo like I feel like I should be able to counter by blocking um, and I feel like the dodging doesn't work quite as well as I want it to but overall I love the tone I love the sub stories uh, kind of the wackiness of the sub stories compared to the actual main story that's being told it's very interesting it's a, it's a quite a striking dichotomy but very fun game uh, look forward to further discussions and talks in the going the syllabus coming going forward and of course our specific episodes that Alex and I will talk about and discuss now we get to March March 2020 where things really start going downhill in terms of the pandemic kicking up in the US uh, lots of lots of things happened in March uh, I uh, lost my job due to everything happening um, and but I had a lot of time for video games and there were a lot of video games that came out so let's get to March mystery dungeon Pokemon mystery dungeon rescue team DX released on the Nintendo switch on March March 6th along with yes your grace on PC Langrisser 1 and 2 released on PS4 switch and PC on March 10th in North America and March 13th in Europe Bless Unleashed, the MMO, released on Xbox One on March 12th. Neo 2 on PS4, March 13th. Pillars of Dust on PC on March 17th. Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 released on the PC on March 23rd, with Element Space coming out on PS4 and Xbox One on March 24th, along with Deep Sky Derelict's Definitive Edition on consoles and PC on the 24th. Iron Dagger released on the PC on March 25th. The War of the Visions Final Fantasy Brave Exvius released on mobile. That mobile RPG released on March 25th. Arafel Enhanced Edition released on consoles, PC, and mobile on March 26th, along with, along with Sin Slayer's Enhanced Edition on Switch and Grand Guilds for PC and Switch. And Bonfire on PC entered Early Access. All of those came out on March 26th. Children of the Zodiacs released on Xbox One and Switch on March 27th, with Wheel of Fate coming out on PC. It entered early access on March 27th. And probably the big one of March was Persona 5 Royal released in the US on PS4 on March 31st. Also sharing its same release date was Operencia The Stolen Sun on PS4, Switch, and Steam on the 31st, and Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord entered early access on PC. On the 31st now in terms of games I played on uh, in back in March Langrisser 1 and 2 I actually snagged uh, I, I did the review for us here at Irrational Passions so I was busy playing that on my way home from PAX East and the weeks after very fun game I very much enjoyed it I this was one of those series I was kind of aware of 
um, but I had never act actively looked into or played um, until these and this was a very good collection of the first two games it allowed you to swap between brand new updated models and kind of visuals or the classic look which I really liked uh, I was very impressed with this it scratched kind of that fire emblem itch while adding deeper RPG elements and level pro character level progression uh, to the game that isn't present in the Fire Emblem series, which I very much appreciated. Uh, I also played a lot of Neo 2. This was a fantastic game. I absolutely love it. I would honestly put it above Sekiro in terms of games, just games I prefer. Um, I think this surpasses the first game in every regard. Um, I loved the uh, I loved the gameplay. I loved how they refined and kind of eased uh, the use of multiplayer. I liked how you could actually co-op the game with friends. You didn't have to beat a mission on your own and then go back and invite friends to it. I thought that was the biggest area that they improved, which I really, really appreciated. And I had a bunch of fun. And this is now coming to uh, PS5 with some new stuff, like a remastered edition along with Neo 1 uh, here in the next couple months. So I'm anxious to maybe, maybe dive back in a little bit. Uh, Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 3. Uh, if you've listened to this show, you know that I am a big, big uh, Trails fan. Um, having reviewed all of the Cold Steel remasters that came out on PS4 the past couple of years. Um, this is such a good, uh, such a good series. Um, I never, I haven't played the PC version specifically, um, but it's Trails of Cold Steel. Uh, Trails of Cold Steel 3, so it's fantastic. So give this a look. And if you're curious, check out my review for Trails of Cold Steel 3 for the PS4 version and Switch port right on rationalpassions.com. And you can also find a primer giving you some helpful beginner tips and guides for a uh, spoiler-free guide with the game's mechanics and uh, some tips for you for new players. Um, and then, of course, Persona 5 Royal. What a fantastic game. Um, now, personally, I wasn't a huge fan of a lot of things they did with the extra semester. Um, like, Kasumi, I, I have issues with. And kind of how she was handled in the main game. Um, but overall, it's still Persona 5. It's still fantastic. Um, kind of the tweaks they did to overall gameplay and just uh, the not ease of things, but how the game flows, even in the normal um, normal semester and like kind of the normal time period was was wonderful. Absolutely loved it. Um, this had this not had so much of this not already been experienced with vanilla Persona Five. This would have easily been my game of the year, but. Um, Persona 4, Persona 5 Royal, excuse me, still a wonderful game. I platinumed it. Um, love it to pieces. Um, there's, there is no reason to go back to vanilla Persona 5, uh, with Royal out. So give this a play. Enjoy this game. It's wonderful. It's still, uh, perhaps in my opinion, one of the best aesthetic, aesthetically, pleasing and exciting or, or video games ever created. I love the aesthetics and the art style and presentation of Persona 5. 
and I think this will go down as kind of and held in the same high regard as games like Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, Super Mario RPGs from the olden days, 10, 20 years down the road. So Persona 5 Royal, still fantastic. Absolutely loved it. Uh, and you should play it too. Now we get to April. Good old April. I was officially full on out of work at this point, so I had a lot of time to play a bunch of games, Persona 5, for example, but there was another huge, huge game that came out this month, and we started off right on April 10th with the Final Fantasy VII Remake released on the PS4 on April 10th. Holy moly. Other The other game that shared this date was Alder's Blood came out on PC. Eternal Radiance came out on um, early access on the PC on April 14th. Fantasy Star Online 2 finally made its Western debut on the Xbox One on April 15th. Dragon Marked for Death uh, from Concept released on the PC on April 21st. Yakuza Kiwami, the remake of the first Yakuza game released on Xbox One on April 21st. Broken Lines came out on Switch on the 23rd. Troubleshooter Abandoned Children released on PC on the 23rd as well along with Iritus Lord of Dead leaving early access on the PC on the 23rd. Trials of Mana, the remake of the third Mana game released on the PS4, Switch, and PC on April 24th. Sakura Wars released on the 28th on the PS4, and Indivisible released on the Switch on the 29th. 29th. Really, this month, there were eh, like three main games I played. Of course, Final Fantasy VII Remake. What a what a game that really, for all its hype and the lead up to it and expectations, this game has no right to be as good as it turned out being. Like, I, I think Final Fantasy VII fans in general, they were, we were all excited for this game, but we were very, I feel like we were hesitant. It's like, uh, it looks really good, but is can it actually be as good as, uh, can it actually be as good as we want it to be? And it was, at least in my opinion, I thought it was absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, I have, there's a really good uh, ending discussion between me and Chris Cornelis over at Dual Shockers that you can find on their YouTube channel where we kind of discuss more in depth our reactions and feelings of the ending of this game, which probably the most divisive aspect of this game um absolutely loved it um can't wait for the any tidbit of news on the next game um but yeah so good so beautiful love the combat i feel and i've mentioned this in uh conversations with friends and and whatnot that the combat in seven remake feels like the end result of what Square wanted their combat to be when they released Advent Children and that they've kind of been working towards ever since. The culmination of every kind of trial and error and test in kind of changing the combat from turn-based to action and blending it since really, I would say, Final Fantasy XIII. Um... I think they've wanted, like, after Advent Children's, like, they want it to be much more action-packed, but 
have struggling in many ways to find that balance between giving kind of the control and depth of the more turn-based game uh, entries with the faster, more visually exciting aspects of action RPGs. So you had like Final Fantasy 13 that was very visually exciting, but faltered a good deal in terms of kind of the turn-based, how much control you actually have, leading that into the re revisions of 13 with 13.2 and then Lightning Returns going all action RPG. And then you had Final Fantasy 15, which was an action RPG and not really turn-based. It had it let you like do some things where that you could pause and cast spells and whatnot. But with 7 Remake, they nailed it. I feel like they really nailed that ability where you could pause the game, assign commands, jump between your characters on the fly, uh, assign commands to characters, incorporating the ATB-like mechanic of turn-based, the turn-based games, in a very dynamic action RPG as well, and finding that perfect balance. Um, I think they nailed it here, and I'm, and while I, th I think there's certainly room for improvement, um, and kind of refinement on some things, Air combat, for example. I would love, I think this is such a great, great jumping off point for what will be in the future entries of the 7 Remake. And really, Final Fantasy in general. Um, we know Final Fantasy 16 is going to be a very action, action-y RPG um, from the initial trailers we've seen. Um, the one of the lead combat directors or designers from Devil May Cry 5 uh, made the jump from Capcom over to Square Enix to work on this uh, to work on 16 so if they'll go all in with that and kind of eliminate the turn-based nature any turn-based aspect I doubt it but it will definitely be more action RPG I, I think than 7 remake or 15 were um, but for the time being, that's all speculation, so we'll have to wait and see. But Final Fantasy VII Remake, absolutely loved it. Can't wait to see where the story goes from here. It's going to be a wild ride for sure. Uh, next up, we another game I spent some time with was Fantasy Star Online 2. Um, big fan of Fantasy Star Online 1. Uh, as you can listen to Eric Zapp and I's wonderful discussion episode here on RPG University where we gushed and nerded out about the first game. Uh, really enjoyed Fantasy Star Online 2. Um, I pick it up now and then. I do a little the, the daily quests and I've dabbled with the story and trying to work through that as much as I can. But uh, really good game. I made I made the my character basically from the GameCube version Raz. Um, and I'm a Hue Force, so I, I'm I'm a spellcaster. I'm I'm specializing in ice, so that's been a lot of fun. But Fantasy Star Online, it's free to play. It's on. It's currently still on Xbox One and Series X, like export, Xbox platforms, and you can also get it on PC as well. Currently, um, as far as I know, it's still supposed to at some point be coming out on PS on Sony platforms. I'm guessing it's a year exclusivity. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see it come April this year. So we shall see. 
another game I played and I actually really enjoyed was Trials of Mana, the remake that came out that came out on the 24th. Um, it was just a feel good game. Uh, I never really played. I never beat the old Super Famicom version, even in the Mana collection. Um, but playing this, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, some weird issues with the audio. Um, a lot of inconsistencies in terms of quality with the audio recordings. But overall, really, really enjoyable game. Lots of replayability with the different parties that you can create and choosing your party from the cast of eight characters, something like that. A lot of fun. I really enjoyed the combat. I think the art style they nailed. Um, and yeah, I just really, really enjoyed Trials of Mana. You can check out my review here on Irrational Passions. So give that a listen and uh, check it out yourself. It's I think it's you can probably snag it for like 20 bucks now. It's not an overly pricey game. And even when it came out, I want to say it was only 40. So Trials of Mana from Square Enix, the remake of the third Seiken Desetsu uh, video game. Very good. Give it a shot. Hopefully the popularity of this and the Mana Collection will bring... We'll get Square Enix to make a proper brand new mana game. We can hope. We are into May now with uh things are full swing it in this point. I mean, places were pretty much all under lockdown, businesses closed and whatnot. It was it was a rough May, but there were still video games coming out, including some big ones. Wintermore Tactics Club released on the 5th on PC with Celestian Tales and Realms Beyond on PC on the 7th, along with Arborea. It entered early access on the 7th. Maneater, the Shark RPG, released on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on the 22nd, along with Minecraft Dungeons on the 26th on PC and consoles. Elder Scrolls Online got a brand new expansion with Greymore on the PC on May 26th. And Utaware Rumono Prelude to the Fallout released on PS4 and Vita on May 26th in North America and the 29th in Europe. Fantasy Star Online came out on PC on the 27th in Bug Fables, the Paper Mario-esque uh, RPG but with cool bugs released on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on the 28th. Borderlands Legendary Collection which includes Borderlands 2 and the Handsome uh jack collection and i think that the legendary collection also might have the first game i don't remember but that released on the switch on may 29th and the big release of may 2020 was xenoblade chronicles definitive edition released on switch on may 29th now in terms of games to play i really only played xenoblade chronicles on this list for this month uh, absolutely loved it uh, i rev this is another game that i reviewed for the folks over at dual shockers um, and in my review, it's like I made mention I had I, I had tried to play this game. Uh, I I own it for the Wii. I own it for the new 3DS, and I had tried to really play through the game both times, and it's just like I kind of bounced off. Um, the combat I wasn't a big fan of, and even right now I still prefer the combat and how things are handled in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 more than the, f the first one, but. Having to force myself to pass like the barrier, because I stopped always at the same point. Uh, having to force myself through that, I really got to see what makes this game special. Uh, I 
the characters, the music, the world, the lore, everything is just so good here um, in Xenoblade Chronicles. And in terms of being kind of a remaster remake, the definitive edition looks really good. And it's still, it. one of the main things that I took away from playing this definitive edition is it blew me away to realize that this was this game came out originally on the Wii um, that still blows my mind like even thinking about it right now as I'm talking to you lovely folks about it it's like how did this how did they manage to fit this game on the Wii yeah sure it looked kind of fugly on uh, on the Wii but blurry and whatnot but still just the scale of the world and the vistas and this the sheer amount of content here is ludicrous um so much so much good stuff to the xenoblade chronicles series i can't wait to see where they take this going forward um, it's a special series and you know they're you know they're doing more with xenoblade um, i would love to see something that kind of really bridges the xenoblade chronicles games together more because there's like this hinted at shared narrative um, between like from especially in the endings of one and two that's just like ooh, I want to hear more about that um, I was bummed I was a bit let down though with the future connected the new future connected kind of epilogue that was included with this definitive edition but definitely wasn't enough to sour my taste of it I mean you still get a fantastic probably 70 to 90 hour RPG that will go down as one of the best of a generation no doubt um so yeah give this a check out i highly recommend it um if you have a switch check it out keep your fingers crossed that we get a xenoblade chronicles x definitive edition i'm, I'm hoping i'm hoping that gets announced for 2021 because that's that's like the last big game that's exclusive to the to the wii u that really really needs to come out on the switch and more people to play so we will see though we will see we are finally at the halfway point of this horrific year with june 2020 we start out on the june 1st entering early access we had jadona jadonia coming out on pc outer worlds released on switch and whew, was that rough on june 5th Elder Scrolls Greymore came out on consoles with the PS4 and Xbox One on June 9th, along with Dark Eye Book of Heroes on PC. Persona 4 Golden surprised fans with a PC release on June 13th. Torchlight 3 finally entered early access on the PC on June 13th, followed by Grifflands entering early access on PC on the 14th. Waylanders released in early access on the PC on June 16th. In East, Memories of Salsetta, the PS4 remaster uh, port, released on June 9th on North America and June 19th in Europe. Hylix came out. Hylix 2, excuse me, came out on the PC on June 22nd. Little Town Hero Big Idea Edition released on the PS4 and Switch on June 23rd in North America and June 26th in Europe. Tower of Time released on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on June 23rd on the PS4, June 25th on Switch, and the 26th on Xbox One. Saga Reuniverse, the mobile RPG, released on June 24th. Shikari Rising on PC entered early access on the 25th. 
Brigadine, The Legend of Runercia, released on Switch on June 25th. Tainted Grail, released on the PC on June 25th. It entered early access. And Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 3, came out on the Switch on June 30th. Uh, yeah, so for this month, really the only game, another also, another month that I didn't spend too many, uh, too much time on any of these specific RPGs, I did spend a good amount of time with East Memories of Salsetto reviewing it for us here at Irrational Passions. Uh, really good. I love the East games, and I'm, I'm glad we are under a month now, I want to say, from the latest East game, East 9 Monstrum Nox releasing, that I'm incredibly, incredibly excited for. But I absolutely love these games. They're so fast. They're so fluid. Uh, jumping around and swapping characters and attacking and uh, playing as Adol and, and company is just, it's always fun. Um, they're just always fun games. I absolutely love these and I'm glad that this series is starting to gather more and more traction here in the West. Uh, I have high hopes for Monstrum Nox. I've played the demo of that and love it. Um, can't wait to sink my teeth into the full game but yes me east memories of salsetta wonderful game highly recommend you check it out either on the vita or preferably the superior ps4 version so check it out it's really good and of course trails of cold steel 3 came out on switch fantastic game i'm still like uh, i can't recommend the switch version just because like i recommend play if you've played the other trails of cold steel games play cold steel 3 period. I would suggest the best way to play it is either on PC or PS4, just because that's where all the games are, including the first two games, which are not on Switch, which X-Seed, you really got to fix, because unfortunately, Cold Steel 1 and 2 were localized and published by X-Seed, where 3 and 4 were done by uh, NIS, America. So whether or not we'll see Cold Steel 1 and 2 on... Um, Switch remains to be seen, but damn, I sure hope one day it does. Next up in July, we have Sino Ace, this mobile RPG releasing on July 1st, and Little Town Hero on Xbox One on the 3rd. Guile and Glory Firstborn released on PC and Early Access on the 3rd as well, with Apprentice Arriving releasing in Early Access on PC on July 7th. Crosscode released on the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on July 9th. Little Town Hero released on PC on July 9th as well. Sword Art Online Elicization Lycoris released on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on the 10th. Along with Story of Seasons Friends of Mineral Town on Switch and PC on July 10th in Europe and July 14th in North America. Void TRRLM parentheses semicolon slash slash void terrarium that's an rpg name released on ps4 and switch on july 10th in europe and also july 14th in north america tales of crestoria the latest tales of mobile rpg released on july 15th with paper mario the origami king the latest in the paper mario series releasing on switch in july on on july 17th Vagris, The Riven Realms, released on PC and Early Access on the 22nd. Everreach Project Eden, released on PS4 July 23rd. Dex, released on Switch on July 24th. With Grimshade, releasing on the Switch on Ju 20, uh, July 25th. Megan Dimension Neptunia 7, released on the Switch on July 28th. 
other side released on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on the 28th. Dual Gear and Cataclysm released in early access on the PC on July 29th with Hellpoint releasing on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on July 30th along with Yakuza Kiwami 2 joining its Yakuza 0 and Kiwami Brothers on Xbox One on July 30th as well. The Fairy Tale RPG released on PS4, Switch, and PC on July 30th of in Europe and the 31st in North America. Fae Tactics released on the 31st on for PC and Monster Crown also on the 31st entered early access. Now in terms of these games that came out, uh, really the only games that I sank much time into was CrossCode which was an absolutely fantastic action RPG uh, with some beautiful, beautiful art. Absolutely loved it, and I dabbled in Tales of Crestoria, as I am a giant Tales of fan. I'll speak mostly of CrossCode, though, um, as you can... If, I'll touch a little bit on CrossCode, but if you want a more deep dive, like, half hour, 45 minute long discussion on CrossCode, you can check out... Uh, the IP Presents, where Alex O'Neill and I sit down and really go to ham talking about what we love to cross code, how fantastic it is, and how much it is a game that everyone should play. Um, it's just such such a good game. Like, the combat, the puzzles, the world, the characters, all of it. It's just so good. It's so good. It, it you, I love the, probably my favorite aspect of it are the little easter eggs that you'll find in um, item descriptions and things like that. I like you'll have like little pokemon references like a pokeball like a master ball. You'll have like metal gear references. You'll have all these and it really showcases how much the creators love these games. It's like an it's kind of a uh, a love letter to old games. Um, the 16-bit art style is fantastic. It has so much depth. There's crafting, there's skill trees, there's uh, equipment, there's leveling up, there's dungeons, there's new abilities, there's different weapons, there's just so much crammed into CrossCode that it is definitely worth checking out. Um, and I think you can look forward to more discussion on CrossCode in our official Irrational Passions Game of the Year discussions. So check that out, coming out soon. And Tales of Crestoria, uh, I have a, I have a thing with mobile RPGs. It's like I get, I get it, I get the idea. They're like gotchas. Lots of people like them. I just bounce off of them. Like if it's just I can't play on a phone. It's just I get weirded out. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I grew up with consoles and Game Boys and stuff like that. But I just I can't stick with games on my phone. I can't do it. I've tried with tons of games whether it's the good nintendo ones with like the fire emblem one uh fire emblem heroes or uh bleach i i, I dabble with the bleach game a bit or like even the other tales mobile rpgs it's just i can't do it but if these games were on switch even i know i would like gravitate much more to them but in terms of Tales of Crestoria, it does a lot of cool things. Like, they're big hype. There's a lot of production value in this. You get 3D models of, like, all the characters. It's very big, very exciting. Um, but it just falls into that. It's a it's a game on a phone, and I just can't do it. Um, 
And at the same time, I don't necessarily want to sink much time into a, a Tales mobile game, especially here in the West, because we, in the West, Tales mobile games are lucky to last a year. Um, they don't they don't last over here. So it's like I don't want to invest in a game that has a far greater chance of shuddering and closing down in not all that long than it does taking off and sticking around. Um, but if you're into gotcha games, if you're into Tales games, if you're into RPGs on the phone, give it a check out. Um, it's, it's, it's worth a check out. I, it does some cool things, but um, this, this will not make a mobile... Tales of Crestoria will not make a mobile video gamer out of you if you aren't already. We are finally into August. We're in summer proper now. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which I don't know if that's an RPG, but I'm. Uh, but that'll release on August seventh, uh, along with Is It Wrong to Try and Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon Infinite Combate came out on PS4, Switch, and PC in, on August 7th in Europe and August 11th in North America. Banner of the Maid released on the 12th for PS4 and Switch, along with Pop-Up Dungeon. The Revenant Prince released on PC on August 15th, or excuse me, August 13th. Eastern Exorcist entered Early Access along with Dreamscaper for the PC on August 14th. Pathfinder Kingmaker Definitive Edition released on the PS4 and Xbox One on August 18th. Mortal Shell released on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC on August 18th. Death and Request 2 came out on PS4 and PC on August 18th on PC. August 25th in North America and 28th in Europe on the console. Runestone Keeper released on the Nintendo Switch on August 20th. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered released on the PS4, Switch, and mobile devices on August 27th. Moon released on Switch on August 27th. Wasteland 3 released on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on August 28th, along with Windbound also on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And Nexomon Extinction released on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on the 28th. Now for these games, <clears throat> in terms of games I played, the, the one I played the most was Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered. Um, I dabbled a little bit with Wasteland 3, very impressive. Um, and Pop-Up Dungeon I also uh, played a, a bit of, which I really like. Pop-Up Dungeon was one of those games that just I didn't like know of until it appeared on like my recommended list in Steam. And I checked it out, and it was so fun. It's like a roguelike, and you get like little paper craft dolls to explore like these cool um, cardboard aesthetic dungeons. Um, and it's such, it's such a, <coughs> it's a highly customizable game. You can make new modes, new characters, new new abilities, new everything. And there's a, a huge uh, community behind it. Um, what sold me on this is I the first time I booted it up I checked out some of the the things people had made and I have like Seto Kaiba, Yu-Gi-Oh or Yu-Gi-Moto, Mega Man X, Gundam Xia in my party and each have like their own abilities like Seto Kaiba literally can summon a blue eyes white dragon and which is like its own little cardboard cutout token that moves around and can do things it's crazy what you can do in this game. Um, 
and it's it was I would say one of the biggest surprises for me of this year. Um, so give it a check out on Steam. It's very, very cool. Um, I'm anxious to see what crazy things get added to it as as time goes on. But the, the big game that I spent most of my time with out of this list during August was Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered. Um, I had also featured an episode on Crystal Chronicles here on RPG University where I sat down with Sean Chiplock, um, who absolutely adores this game, and he streamed a bunch of this game when it came out, and he was actually the voice of uh, uh, one of the Moogles and some characters, Stiltskin, in in this game. So, uh, admittedly, it does a lot of things wrong. Um, We're being a game that focuses a lot on multiplayer. It does not handle multiplayer well, especially when it came out. not like it was it was rough like the game was still fun and I still enjoy it and I still go back to it from time to time and they have improved it since but not being able to like play through the game with friends like you could only like replay quests with friends as long as one of you as long as you both be in the level and all that stuff it's it reminded me a lot of the original Neo uh, and it just does not work well it did not work well it's it's an archaic form of multiplayer, I feel, and it just, it could have been done a whole lot better. Um, it, I will give Square credit, though. I do appreciate that they offer a free version of the game that they can, um, that people can play through a bunch of the game with friends that own the main game or like a purchase copy and play through a bunch, but not what everyone was hoping it would be. They really flubbed the ball, especially with multiplayer, but it's still a very fun game and only getting better, admittedly. Next up, we have September. Now, with September, there were a few games that I actually played from this list <clears throat> that uh, were, were pretty good, and I know some of us here at IP enjoyed them as well. But we started off with Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, released on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on September 8th. Star Renegades, the roguelike, the turn-based roguelike, I should say, released on the PC on September 8th. Necromunda Underhive Wars released on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC on September 8th as well. We moved over to September 10th where Minoria released on the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, along with Other Side on Switch. Artificer Science of Magic on PC. And Wintermore Tactics Club released on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And Disgaea 4 Complete Plus also rounded out the final RPG release for September 10th on the PC. Um, on September 15th, we had Vaporum Lockdown releasing on PC. The Dungeon of Nahalbuk, the Amulet of Chaos released on PC on September 17th, along with Hades releasing Exiting Early Access, doing a final release on Switch and PC on September 17th, a little game you may have heard of. Vampire's Fall Origins released also on September 17th for the Xbox One and Switch. Sands of Salazar on PC on September 22nd. Tears of Avia on Xbox One and PC on September 24th. Genshin Impact took the world by storm starting on September 28th on the PS4, PC, and mobile devices. Undead Darlings came out on September 28th as well on PS4, Switch, and PC. 
and Warsaw released on the PS4, Switch, and Xbox One on September 29th on the PS4, October 1st on the Switch, and October 2nd on Xbox One. Now, for these games specifically, uh, I spent a lot of time with Kingdoms of Amalur. I actually reviewed this for DualShockers, and I think there's nobody that can put my words in my mouth better than Mr. Greg Miller from Kinda Funny. And yes, that was Greg Miller reading from my review on Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. I really enjoyed this game. It's a fun series that I'm very much excited to check out the new DLC that's coming out this year. Um, it holds up really well. It's still a really fun experience. Like I said, this isn't the, like, it's not so much the best way to play this game, so much as it's just the easiest way to play it now. Um, definitely give it a go. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of like Skyrim meets Fable. Um, it's, it's good. It's a very good game. Check it out. It's It'll be on sale. It's always on sale, just like the original version. If you're playing on PC, I would say your best bet, just play it on PC. There's not really any specific reason. I guess the new DLC will be re-reckoning only, but um, give it a check out. And the next game that uh, I've spent a lot of time with is Hades. This is a fantastic game in a lot of places, game of the year. I know it's going to be one of the contenders for our game of the year and one of the big games we talk about here at IP. Um, <clears throat> absolutely stellar roguelike RPG with so many interesting and unique mechanics to it. It really stood out from its beautiful art style, its unique cast of characters, an interesting cast of characters, and just addictive, addictive roguelike gameplay. This is a fantastic one. I feel like I don't really need to tell you about Hades. If you are listening to this podcast right now, I feel like there's a really good chance you know of, or at least have heard of Hades, and you know that it is a fantastic game. And now they've actually released uh, the cross-save functionality between the Switch and the PC version, so if you buy it on one, you'll be able to carry over your progress to the other, so check that out. And now the final game that I, uh, I, I've, I spent some time with, but I definitely did not spend as much time as... Uh, Mike, Mike Burgess has, but it's Genshin Impact, the anime Breath of the Wild-esque uh, free-to-play RPG um, that really exploded, surprisingly exploded here in the West. Um, great art, really a lot of the similar mechanics from Breath of the Wild, minus the horrific weapon-breaking system, so that's already a plus in my, uh, in my opinion. Um... I haven't spent too, too much. Like, I haven't gotten to end game. I haven't unlocked tons and tons of characters from the gacha mechanic. But it is a fun experience. It's free, so I highly recommend you at least try it. Um, I ha I've only played it on the PS4. I've only played the PS4 version, so I can't really speak so much to performance on PC or especially mobile. As I mentioned earlier, I don't play games on my mobile device. But I would give this a check out. If you have a PS4... Give it a check out. Even if you're, even if the aesthetic might not be quite what you what you expect, I think you might have a fun time if you enjoy large, sprawling, open world games and MMOs. Give it a check out. It's free. Next up in October, we had some big games, including my game of the year, 
one of the best games I have played in a very, very long time. But starting off, we had East Origins Switch port releasing on October 1st, along with the console version of Orange Blood and Code of Princess EX released on the PC October 1st, along with Death Tales. And uh, those all released on October 1st. Baldur's Gate 3 finally entered early access on October 6th with uh, a rocky launch, but still absolutely fantastic from the folks over at Larian that released on PC and Stadia on October 6th. Ninth Dawn 3 released on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Mobile, and PC also on October 6th. Ghost of a Tale released on the Nintendo Switch on October 8th, and Iconfell released on consoles and PC on October 8th. Torchlight 3 left early access on October 13th and released on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Village The Longest Night released on Switch and PC on the 14th. Werewolf The Apocalypse Heart of the Forest released on the PC on the 13th. Crown Trick released on the PC on the 16th. Solasta Crown of the Magister released on, well, it entered early access on October 20th for the PC. Tenderfoot Tactics released on the PC on October 21st, along with Banner of the Maid on Xbox One, Bless Unleashed on the PS4, and the Switch port of Torchlight 3, also on the 22nd. And rounding out the final release for the 22nd, Isles of Adalar on PC, it entered early access. Now, we finally get to the big game of, uh, of the month, my biggest probably anticipated title next to Final Fantasy VII Remake, Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4 released on the PlayStation 4 on October 27th. Uh, the following day was Oceanhorn 2 Knights of the Lost Realm on Switch on October 28th, and ending the month we had Zhao Yun Sword 7 releasing on PS4 and PC on October 29th. So in terms of what did I play this month, really it was... It was a little bit of Baldur's Gate, but mostly it was Trails of Cold Steel 4. Um, I covered the review for us here at Irrational Passions. I have talked to, uh, I did another ending discussion with Chris Cronelis over at the Dual Shockers that you can find on their YouTube channel, but uh, I I don't know how much more I can sing the praises of this game. This, this is the culmination of like nine games worth of narrative. The gameplay is fantastic. I've had Sean Chiplock here, who is the voice of Reen Schwarzer, lead the the main protagonist of this series on for a couple episodes here at RPG University. Um, I, I, I fell in love with this series with the PS4 kind of remastered version of the first Cold Steel game. That's when I finally like dove in to this, the, the Legend of Heroes Trails series of games. I played through those, I played through one, two, and three, and then I went back and I played through Trails in the Sky, one, two, uh, first chapter, second chapter, third. Um, then I started the fan translation of uh, Trails from Zero, uh, and it, it's so good, and I can't wait for the, the same group to release their fan translation of Trails to Azure. These are such, such fantastic games. I it just... Do yourself a favor, try them. Like, I would advise, this is my opinion, I started with Trails and Cold Steel, and I thought I and I and thought it was fine. Um, obviously, the best route would probably be to start with Trails in the Sky, first chapter, second chapter, third, and then go into Cold Steel, but 
if you have to start on Cold Steel, do Cold Steel 1, 2, then go back to Trails in the Sky and play those games. I think you'll get a lot more from tra- uh, Cold Steel 3 than you would have than you would have otherwise i wish i had played through the sky games before i had played cold steel 3 the first two games i was fine with it was like this is cool and then when you go back and play trails in the sky series you get cool little nods and you kind of get better uh a better idea of things that were talked about in the first two cold steel games but cold steel 3 is where it really starts getting like okay i really should play the old game so if you can um, with the exception of the Crossbell game, so Trails from Azure and Trails to Zero, you can get all the other games on Steam. In terms of the Cold Steel games, you can get all of those on PS4. Cold Steel 3 and soon to be 4 will be on Switch. Um, I, like, it runs well. There is some uh, graphical, like, the graphics aren't as good on the switch version of cold steel 3 anyway because i reviewed that as well um if i had to tell you my preferred method play cold steel on ps4 play sky games on pc and you can english players can find various shops online that will sell copies of trails the japanese version of trails from trails from zero and trails to azure and then you can apply the patches so that would be uh, my ideal suggestion to play those next up we have november we're getting close to the end of the year here so let's talk a bit about this in november we started off with bakugan champions of Vestoria, releasing on switch on november 3rd followed by seven nights time wanderer on the switch on november 5th Sakuna of Rice and Ruin released on PS4, Switch, and PC on November 10th in North America, November 20th in the European in Europe. The Falconeer launched on Xbox platforms and PC on November 10th. Warhammer Chaos Bane Slayer Edition released on PlayStation platforms, Xbox platforms, and PC on November 10th. Uh, except for PS5, the PS5 version launched specifically on November 12th in North America and the 19th in Europe. Uh, we had the new generation kind of remastered ports of Man Eater releasing on PS5 and the Xbox plat- the new Xbox platforms. Yakuza Like a Dragon released for Xbox Series, uh, Series X and Xbox One, uh, PS4 and PC on November 10th. Demon's Souls released exclusively on the PS5 on November 12th in North America and 19th in Europe. Godfall release on the PS5 and PC November 12th North America, November 19th Europe. Phantom Brigade released on PC on November 16th, entering early access. The Fellowship Saga released on PC November 17th. Star Renegades got a console port on the Xbox and Switch on November 19th, and World of Warcraft Shadowlands, the latest expansion released on PC on November 23rd. Now, this month, I spent a lot of time with uh, my new platform, my new my new PlayStation 5, um, spending a lot of time with Demon Souls and Godfall. And Godfall I had to do for review, and it's rough, and it's not worth $70, so don't get it when it's $70. Um, yeah, I don't even really want to talk too much about it. it, it 
it has promise, but there's a lot of crap that takes away from the good things. Like every step forward Godfall takes, it takes like five steps backwards. It's really kind of wonky. I wouldn't advise it, at least for the time being. Hopefully uh, they can kind of patch and fix things like adding a toggle lock, like lock toggle where you can toggle between enemies around you and things. But as of right now, <laughs> um, I am I am good with Godfall. Um, but luckily, Demon Souls by Bluepoint was absolutely fantastic. You can actually listen to Alex and I's discussion here on RPG University and the Demon Souls episode. Absolutely wonderful game. So good. The, like the the detail and care that they took with Demon Souls is stu was was stupendous and still is. Um, I I'm going to be very anxious to see how some of the design decisions um, and feel that Bluepoint was able to get with Demon's Souls will perhaps even be reflected or adopted by upcoming Elden Ring and future Souls games. So it will be interesting, but go ahead and give RPG University the episode with Demon's Souls a listen. There you'll have like a full hour of us just gushing about this game. It is worth it. And finally, we are on to December 2020. We open the month up with Kronos before the Ashes releasing on PS4 and Xbox, Switch, PC, and Stadia on December 1st. Empire of Sin got their console and PC launch on December 1st as well. Shirin the Wanderer, the Tower of Fortune, and the Dice of Fate released on Switch and PC December 2nd. Haven released on the PS5, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC on December 3rd. Taiko no, Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythmic Adventure Pack released on Switch on December 3rd, along with Morbid The Seven Acolytes on December 3rd for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Death Tales released on Switch on December 3rd. Tinkertown released in Early Access on December 3rd on PC as well. Dragon Quest XI-S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition launched on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on December 4th. Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light, the NES Classic, finally released in the West over on the Switch on December 4th. Monster Sanctuary got a release on consoles and PC, exiting early access on December 8th. Brigandine, The Legend of Runisaria, launched on PS4 on December 10th. Cyberpunk 2077 launched in beta on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on December 10th. Collection of Saga Final Fantasy Legends released on Switch exclusively on December 15th. Mercenaries Blaze Dawn of the Twin Dragons released on Switch on December 17th. Unsung Story P released on the PC in early access on December 17th. Apparently Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 The Sith Lords launched on mobile devices on December 18th. And Omori launched on Christmas Day on PC. Now, in terms of games I've played this month, uh, I played a lot of Collection of Saga. Um, that was Collection of Saga and Cyberpunk were the two main games that I played this month. And I also dabbled a little bit in both Tinkertown and Sheeran the Wanderer. Well, actually, I, I only started and dabbled in Sheeran the Wanderer this month in January. But um, in terms of Cyberpunk... Yeah, it's rough. I still enjoyed the RPG mechanics of it. I still kind of explored. I played on the PS5, um, so a lot of the performance issues on last-gen consoles I didn't deal with and have to deal with. Um, so that was nice. 
but it's probably I can't remember the last time I had a game crash so much on me uh, definitely annoying I'm interested to see how the game kind of shapes up and evolves over the next year I think a lot of the hate that they got is warranted um, it there is no reason it should have been released in the state it was especially being marketed as a previous generation title uh, absolutely unacceptable and joking aside it it it's the lies and stuff that they touted oh it's like oh I'm so, I can't believe how well it runs it's like it's a bullshit absolute bullshit and shame on CD Projekt Red for blowing any good graces and kind of I mean they had had a rough year anyway with First off, saying that they wouldn't do crunch and then going back on that, it was just, it wasn't, it's no good. Um, but this definitely, all the issues with Cyberpunk that continue to go on uh, today, um, not, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be very anxious to see what comes of it. Um, but Collection of Saga Final Fantasy Legend is actually, I had a lot of fun with, I reviewed this one for Dual Shockers as well. You can check out my video review for this over on their YouTube. But it's a really good time capsule look at the history of like RPGs in a in a mobile setting. Uh, this was Final, the Final Fantasy the Final Fantasy Legend or Saga 1 was the first really like mobile RPG out there on the original Game Boy. It was it in fact was Square's very first million unit seller back in the day. Like ever first time any of their games had hit a thought or one million uh, units sold was with the first saga game the final fantasy legend um, are they are they kind of like lacking in depth or a huge uh epic story sure but i mean for the time these were like mind-blowing the experiences you could get on the go um they still hold up. I think I was surprised by their soundtracks. Their soundtracks are really good. Um, really, really good game. It for a collection, it's incredibly bare bones. Um, you have a handful. I think like eight different borders you can look at. Uh, have around. Um, you have the Japanese and English versions of the games. It has kind of like a quick save feature. So if you close out of the the, the app or the game. Um, when you open it back up, it'll it'll remember where you are and start you right off. Um, and it has a, it has an okay speed up function, but in an era of a lot of retro collections, like Capcom has done with Mega Man, for example, um, it it just it's very it's very bare bones. There's not much to it. But at the same time, it's also priced to reflect that. It's only twenty bucks. Um, I think it's absolutely worth the twenty bucks. I think it's. A very fun look into the past and a, in a great time capsule for where uh, like granted it's a technically a saga game but it's a great look in a picture in time on where these games have come and just what you can get on the go um, I mean looking at I mean compare in 30 years we went from the Final Fantasy Legend from Saga 1 and what that can do to being able to take a game like Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition on the go with you wherever you go um, like that's mind blowing like, like, and even considering 
the cart sizes like I mean Final Fantasy Legend is the size the original cart is was a standard Game Boy cart and now the switch carts are so much smaller <laughs> and you can have a, a hundred hour long adventure with like a Xenoblade it's mind-blowing it's very very impressive to see just how far RPGs have come in uh, in the 30 years that you can just take along with you but but overall I will say 2020 was a pretty solid year for RPGs there were some huge huge heavy hitters uh, I mean you had Final Fantasy 7 remake coming out and being fantastic you had Persona 5 Royal you had Demon Souls the Demon Souls remake come out you had, albeit roughly, Cyberpunk. You had so many other smaller indie games come out, um, like Eichenfeld or uh, uh, or uh, Orange Blood. You had Baldur's Gate come out that people could play in early access. I mean, this was a very, very strong year in uh, for us RPG fans. I would say it was a stronger year than it was in 2019. I'm very much excited about what's coming out going forward in 2021 um, with the tease of whether or not we will get Final Fantasy 16 this year. Who knows? Um, hopefully we'll get an announcement of some more Trails games coming out over here, getting localized. I'm hoping Hajimari no Kaseki gets a, a localization announcement. We have East 9 coming out. We have Bravely Default 2. Um, just in the first quarter we have it, it it's going to be very very exciting and i can't wait to see how this year ends up stacking up uh come december or come january of next year how will i look fondly back on 2021's rpgs i hope so uh, there are definitely going to be some some big ones that i know i'll be talking about next year but but everybody that is going to do it for our RPG year in review recap of 2020. I want to thank you all once again for taking your time and listening and enjoying the show this past uh, this past year. It, it was a rough year for all of us. Um, and I hope that even if it's only slightly or only for a couple minutes sometime throughout the year, I was able to take you away and let you think about some fun stuff or reminisce about games that you love and can look back on so uh, i appreciate each and every one of you that takes time to listen and enjoy the show and if remember there are rpgs you would like me to talk about or have a guest on to talk about or if you would like to be a guest here on rpg university be sure to tweet at irrational pod with the hashtag rpgu with what that game is and i can't wait to see so until next time everybody, you can find me on you can find me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. But until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another. Class dismissed. <laughs>